Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. The church is the enemy's worst nightmare. Hi, this is Keith Tusi with Leadership in Context. We'll be finishing up our overview of the book of Ephesians today. If you've been listening to these podcasts, you know that I've been emphasizing the fact that the book of Ephesians is unique in that it is a vision book about the church. It's not really written to adjust theology or correct behavior. There are admonitions in there, of course, about living holy, but it's really Paul's revelation. It's his DNA download of what he believes the culture of the church should be. And when you read it in that context, you get some of the greatest descriptions and panorama and dimensional views of what the church should look like, and I would go as far as even what the church uh, would feel like. So we're going to go to Ephesians 6 today, and of course Ephesians 6 is famous for the armor of God, but we're going to put that in a little bit of context today, maybe help you appreciate it a little bit. But I want to jump to more the end of the chapter to start with. As Paul's wrapping up this epistle, he makes this request in verse 19. And pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth. Now, this is a prayer that he asked numerous times in his epistles, pray for utterance. And that's a good way to pray for people that are preaching the gospel, pray for your leaders that are preaching the gospel, pray for yourself when you're preaching, pray for utterance. When I'm traveling and ministering, I'm always praying for utterance and the Holy Spirit to opening up my mouth to make known the boldness of the mystery of the gospel. Now, the gospel itself obviously was not a mystery, Christ and him crucified. But Paul here is talking about the mystery of the church. And when the New Testament talks about a mystery, it's not talking about a secret. A secret is something you don't know, something designed to keep private. The mystery is something that's unveiled, it's revealed. For instance, in Ephesians 5, when he's talking about Christ and the church, and he uses marriage as an illustration. Remember, Ephesians 5 is talking about the church and marriage as illustration. Many good lessons there. But in verse 38, or 28, Uh, In Ephesians 5, he's talking about the mystery of Christ and the church. And that is the mystery he's referring to. And we need to understand that. In verse 32, he says this, This mystery is great. Which mystery? The mystery of the church. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. In other words, This unveiling is great. I want you to understand how deep this is, how poignant it is, how incredible it is. And he uses this this word mystery six times in this epistle. In 1.9 he uses it. In 3.4 he uses it. And in 3.3 he uses it. In 3.9 he uses it. So what he's saying is God wants to reveal this, the fact that he asked you to pray for him, that the mystery of the gospel be revealed. And we want this book, the teachings in this book, the revelation of the book of Ephesians, of of a living 
reigning Christ that has a family that he's calling himself to be an example, to be the glory of God revealed to the world. Man, this is this is a great picture. Now, I love how this chapter starts. He talks about relationships. He says that he's a prisoner of the gospel. And, uh, you know, he goes on and starts talking about different relationships. Children obey your parents. Of course, he just got done talking about husbands and wives in Ephesians 5. Now he's talking about children and parents and how they relate. Okay, so Paul's version of the church is not just that it's like a family, but that the families in the church are healthy. They're the glory of God. He talks here about servants and slaves and masters. Now remember, when the, the Bible's talking about slavery in this context, it's not talking about ownership. It's talking about debt reimbursement. In other words, when somebody was a slave, they were paying off a debt and they were required to come to work and work out that debt. They were under either a self-imposed agreement or a judicial degree that says you owe this guy, you know, X amount of months or X amount of years for what you stole from him or whatever it may be. And even in that relationship, he's saying, you know, Christ has got to be Lord. And uh, these people were welcomed into the church. This was a revelation of relationship that he's he's casting out, something that people had never even considered thinking about, that just because of somebody's financial state, they were not equal. And and the, the Lord, through the Apostle Paul, just blows that out of the water here. And then he moves along, and of course, he gets to verse 10, and he starts with, finally, be strong in the Lord, the power is might. He talks about the schemes of the enemy and walking in victory, you know, having the full armor of God. Uh, he's letting us know that what we're dealing with here in this revelation about the church is that there is demonic opposition against it. Listen, if you believe anything positive about the church, you've got to believe that it's the enemy's worst nightmare, that your local church where you attend, that you're a part of, if that church can dare to function on a realm that's anything close to biblical Christianity, that it is a nightmare for hell, and that there will be demonic pushback against us. Now, if you read on down in there, you know, he talks at the end of it about, in verse 15, about having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel peace. The purpose of the armor of God is not so you can be a museum piece, but that you can stand, that you are moving somewhere. He talks about standing, and he talks about moving, okay? And so this armor is relevant to people that are going forward. It's the armor that's given to you that you can preach, not the armor that's given to you so that you can just have a, a nice life that's not under attack or, you know, if you get a little attack here and there, you can take a hint. No, this is, this is a much greater revelation than that that we've got to understand here, okay, that this armor is designed for going forward. It's the same thing that Paul's talking about in verse 19 when he says, I pray that utterance might be given to make known the boldness of the mystery of the gospel. That's, that's exactly what he's talking about. That's the purpose for the armor of God. So we need the armor of God, not so we'll be dressed well, but so that we'll be able to demonstrate 
with boldness the mystery of the gospel. Okay, And then he begins to end, not just this chapter, but this epistle. He talks about Tychius, his beloved brother and faithful minister, who's helping him make things known. Uh, that I've sent him to you for this very purpose, that he may comfort your hearts. Notice the terms of endearment, many terms of endearment here. And then again, he refers to Christ as Lord and grace and peace to all who love the Lord with an incorruptible love. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? That God wants us to love him with an incorruptible love. Why could he ask us to do that? Because he loves us with an incorruptible love. The picture that the Apostle Paul was painting here in this chapter is one of people that relate to each other not on the basis of their social or financial status, but who relate to each other on the basis of promoting the gospel. And when I think about that, You know, my very dearest friends, the reason we're such dear friends is we have an agenda. We want to promote the gospel. And that promotion of the gospel, that promotion of the church, is the thing that binds our hearts together in whatever we're doing and causes us to cherish those relationships beyond just the familial benefits and blessings that we get out of that. Amen. And, you know, uh, again, you know, just thinking about our friends in the Ukraine right now, you know, that same thing that we encounter with them, even though some of them we had never met before, that instant unity of Christ and his church. So uh, please keep these dear people in your prayer. Go to nrpukraine.com. You can see how you can help. You can share that with your friends and We want to encourage you to be a consistent giver for the next six months to help us just feed and take care of these these precious people, that the church would arise, that they would see a picture of the church. I believe that's happening right now. And that you would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord and that we together would put on the armor of God and move forward in Jesus' name. And we would desire to see this picture of this victorious church come to pass in our life and in our church. Hey, this is Keith Tucci with Leadership in Context. Thanks so much for being with us today. The purpose of the armor of God is not so that you can be a museum piece. The purpose is so that you can stand as you move somewhere. The armor is relevant to people going forward. And if your local church is able to function anything close to the biblical instruction for the church, then that is a nightmare for hell and there will be demonic pushback against it. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.